1: Iron Overload.io Hardcore, episode 17, Steve and the mobster. How's it going? Good. Good, let's good. Go. Let's hit it. Let's go. This one is going to be – we're going to talk about Toronto Ball, T-Bowl. We're going to talk about Diana Bowl, D-Bowl. So let's start with T-Bowl a little bit, mobster, and, and discuss the difference between T-Bowl and D-Bowl and why stacking them could be a very, very interesting cycle. And I have ran this stack a couple times. It's a really good yin and yang stack and a lot of people don't understand about stacking is it's all about synergy when you're stacking things it's not just about randomly stacking two things together so in this instance you got t and t is very very different than d-ball because it does not aromatize into estrogen so when you take it you don't have to worry about any type of water retention you don't have to worry about gynecomastia you don't have to worry about any any of those side effects, you also don't have to worry about androgenic side effects, because it's very low when it comes to how androgenic of of an effect it gives in your body. So we're talking very low estrogenic issues, very low androgenic issues. So if you use it by itself, it's really going to be a very mild cycle. And you'll be a couple weeks into it, and you'll feel a difference and then kind of things will kind of just stay around there. You're not going to like Boost your bench press, you know, 50 pounds. You're not going to yeah. change your physique using T Bowl by itself. So stacking T-bowl is a really good idea to get more out of it. So in this case, you know, T Bowl is one of those steroids that was developed for performance. And Mobster can get into that a little bit as well, but um it's really females were the ones who were using it. So as males, you know, we use it and it's a very, very mild steroid. And one of the advantages that I like about t bull is I can use it and it won't mess around with me. It's not going to like screw around with my endurance, you know, some of the other things I like to do. So it's kind of a steroid that is not going to mess around with you too much it's not going to mess with your sleep it's not going to mess with your appetite it's not going to mess with you know bloating it's not going to mess with a lot of things in your body you know so it's very very mild so that's one of the reasons i like t bol a lot but yeah mobster what are your thoughts on the, on
0: on t bol we we've discussed before as you know in other podcasts just how popular it is with gurus uh, specifically because of the performance enhancement as you've just mentioned there Steve and of course as you said earlier on uh, or, or referred to earlier on it was specifically developed for that as we've discussed on other podcasts, guys so don't forget give them a listen this is the one that was created by the East German state to enhance the performance of their athletes in the big competitions and when we say big competitions we really talk about the Olympic Games and getting those gold medals for national pride so it was a uh, you didn't blow up. You you didn't have obvious steroid-like uh, enhancement, physical enhancement in terms of your appearance and whatever else. There wasn't certain drugs, as you know, Steve, sometimes can give you acne. There's other drugs which we're going to get into on this on this podcast and others to come in terms of water gains and all that kind of stuff. T-bowl wasn't. T-bowl was where you're going to throw the discus, discus further, the javelin further, put the shot better, and so on and so forth so it was done, and, and, and it's relatively, uh, relatively, I say, short acting in terms of the in and out of this system. And, of course, when it was created, but certainly not now, people, it was untraceable. Now, of course, would be a completely different story. Uh, and, and the other thing which we've talked about, as I said, I touched on just now is, uh, and I said this again and again and again on this podcast, it's one of those that should be more highly rated. I think the only reason that it isn't, Steve, and maybe this is aimed at our, our younger users and perhaps those that don't compete, is that there's no... There's certain drugs that we can take where you feel when you're on. There's certain drugs you can take because you want the pump. There's certain drugs you can take because you want the vascularity. And T-Bowl doesn't kind of tick those boxes. And yet, as I say, guru after guru after guru, podcast after podcast, Evo, myself, yourself... And and anywhere else will turn around and say it's vastly underrated. It should be a part of a cycle. And it's one of those things that it just gives you a little kick. It just gives you a little edge. And so this is why, especially with competition cycles, the performance enhancement for athletes, etc., especially if you're not drug tested, guys, it is rated more highly by those people, by those in the know, then perhaps the cells and any uh, poll would indicate. The next, the next drug that we're getting to momentarily, of course, Steve, is a completely different ball game, And so, it, yeah, it's a fascinating one for me. For my, my, my own personal thing, so I've not used it. Uh, both of us, of course, used the, the next drug. And it's not something that necessarily would work for me in terms of strength enhancement uh, if I was a, more of an athletic uh, person or more of an athletic trainer then I can definitely see something being useful here and certainly if you and I were working with someone that was into athletics even baseball, cricket any kind of running around sort of stuff uh, where there's a little bit, and again baseball I think, you know, when you're exploding with the bat and and certain other uh, sports similar, there's a little bit of athleticism but there's also an explosive output of strength, then T-Bowl would be one of those ones there, I mean there's probably better usage for those things, but again it's it's a when we talk do this podcast, Steve, as you know, we're giving people choices, and was, and as, as something I said to Steve off air is, when we do this podcast, especially with regards to T-Bowl, it's something that gets asked about a lot. So it's certainly a very popular drug with our listeners, and certainly with uh, Evo um, members,
1: and especially in combination with the next drug, Steve. All right, so next one we're stacking with it on this on this stack is D-Bowl. in Diana yeah. Bowl. Does aromatize into estrogen and is androgenic. so it's basically giving the cycle a kick. So you're giving a nice kick in the butt on the oh, cycle. Yeah. We stack them both together. You're going to notice some really nice pumps in the gym, some really good, nice, clean pumps. Okay, and we're going to discuss dosing on the next segment, but you know, Dianabol was was developed really really brought to you know the whole bodybuilding world let me put it that way and the whole yeah. reason it was brought to the bodybuilding world by dr zeigler was so that americans could use something that didn't involve injecting injecting anything in those times was very very taboo i mean if you you know you wanted to just take something in a pill form and being able to take an anabolic steroid a hormone something that's going to enhance your performance in a pill form was very very advantageous uh, to to the athlete to the American athlete. So, really, as much as T-bol can be considered an East German slash Russian influenced steroid, yeah. d is more of an American influenced steroid, and d is probably the most used steroid mobster in yeah. American history, injectable or oral. And to this day, it is still the number one oral use due to it being so damn cheap and so simple to use. Like anybody can use D-Bowl and get results. It's it's so simple to use and it gives you incredible results. Um, so yeah, chime in on that one. You love D-Bowl. Tell us about your experience. I love, yeah, I, I love D-Bowl. Guys, if you want to know the kind of history and background, especially
0: with regards to the good doctor and at that particular time, Steve, specifically the athletes from york barbell uh, i'm referring to both the bodybuilders to a lesser degree but especially the weightlifters which of course york was focused on back in the day with bob hoffman etc check out um, uh, randy roach's muscle smoke and mirrors there's a great historical what 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 happened how they was using it what happened to the performance and as an example here steve and this is of course the reason why it's incredibly popular the athletes not only did the weights go up on the exercise that they were using but they grew bigger. In other words, they outgrew the weight classes that they were lifting in. They also, because of the the, the whole 50s and 60s, especially uh, free drug culture, et cetera, vis-a-vis getting with LSD and cannabis and, and, and other drugs that the guys and girls from all of society were using at that particular time. So there was a whole sort of, we'll, we'll experiment with everything, we'll try everything. On my own personal experience, Steve, as you well know, firstly, it's almost... I would say it's almost a given, uh, certainly in my time, and perhaps even now, it's it's nearly always the first drug that everybody tries, and it certainly was in my case. And perhaps, again, I don't think my my, my responses were unusual in that I gained 10 pounds on and kept probably 6 pounds off, off the cycle, uh, but uh, it's something that I've been able to go back to. And and as I said on other podcasts, Steve, as one of those ones I know immediately whether it's genuine or not, I'm, I know immediately uh, what I'm going to kind of gain just based on experience. Uh, certainly at a point now in my, in my career, in my lifting uh, uh, journey, where I don't need to gain pounds and pounds and pounds. But even then, I would still, for example, Steve, if I was doing some sort of uh, bench press competition, this would be one that I would use again uh, without hesitation because I know literally the size increase, and even if that's just from water, the size increase will cushion my joints And the leverage advantage, because of the size increase, will add kilos, pounds to the bar. So for me, it's great. And again, as you said, Steve, it's very straightforward. You know more or less what's going to happen on it, and it's cheap. So that, and then combining it with T-Bowl for, for, and we know that this is very popular, as I said just now, with regards to T-Bowl, the combination is incredibly popular. I think, Steve, it's one of those things, perhaps, and this might not be for all our listeners and for all our users. uh, followers but it might be one of those things where they want the performance enhancement from T-Bowl but they want the feeling of being on that great pump that slight swelling etc with and again this is all dose dependent of course uh of, that they get for it I think you even use the phrase the kick from debo bowl and I think there's a thing that I've said sometimes and, and this is one of those mobsterisms guys that you will see me say on the forums when I'm replying right so I'm, I'm a great person for what is the end result. Did you want to get bigger? Did you get bigger? Did you want to get leaner? Did you get leaner? Did you want to add pounds to the bar? Did that happen? The end result for me is more important than how you feel or the pump or whatever when you're on cycle. The end result is really what it's all about. However, I appreciate that a lot of guys like to feel when they're on. And I think this is one of those ones where d bowl is the one where you feel when you're on, Whereas T-Bowl is the one that's actually giving you the performance enhancement. And especially after, because it's such a mild steroid in that particular way. And of course, that all comes down to, uh, which we can address in other podcasts, Steve, the training and the focus on improving your athletic
1: ability while using performance enhancement drugs. Back to you. Just so talk about dosing on this. So when I, when I stack these, I like to do it on a conservative cycle. And um, yes. I like to do I like to do 20 milligrams of each. And when you do 20 milligrams of each, it really mitigates the side effects. It's not as bad. And we'll get into side effects in a second. But um, you know, I got really good, clean, conservative results doing 20 milligrams of each for six weeks. Now um, that's that's really all you need to do. And it's not an expensive cycle either, monster. It's not going to cost very much to do a cycle yeah. like this. It's gonna be less. It's going to be less than, um, you know, going and getting a nice auto detailing on your on your vehicle. So, you know, a lot. Of, it, it's a simple stack and you'll get really good results. Now, I mean, there's a more aggressive way to run this cycle. You can run them higher. You can do 50 milligrams of each. That's another option. Now, if you do 50 milligrams of each, you want to you wanna really start looking out for those androgenic and, and estrogenic side effects because they can come on really quick. Remember, with these steroids, these oral steroids, they have much shorter half-lives than injectables in most situations. Of course, injectables like suspension, which are which have no esters attached, or really, really short ester, like propionate or something. Okay, that's a different story. But even with these orals, I mean, we're talking about with dianable, you know, four or five-hour half-life, you know? I mean, very, very short. So yeah. they're in your system. You're taking them twice a day. Be in your system pretty good after a few days. So you start seeing results a lot quicker than you would think. And one of the things you'll probably notice you're in the gym, you're lifting, you'll be doing six reps. And then after, you know, maybe five days, you go back and you do the same split you did five days prior. And now you're doing eight reps the same weight, And you're like, whoa, what a change. Well, that mm-hmm. means that these are reaching peak in your system. And it'll take about a week. To reach peak in your system a week or less. And then you can really start seeing those results. And then when you stop taking it, it's also out of your system quicker. So I haven't ran these more than 20 or 25 milligrams a day each, um, together like this. So, but I've had I've had clients and I've had other people I know run at 50 milligrams, and really, you know, you're gonna have um definitely gonna have more results, more gains, but you're also gonna have more side effects. So you really need to watch out for that. So what do you think, mobster, about dosing? How would you dose these? And what would be the advantages? First, Steve. I,
0: I, I can't see me ever uh, wanting to go, any, even with a combining these two together, ever wanting to get as high as 100 milligrams of orals. I mean, that's just obviously down to the side effects. It's down to the simple fact, as we know, of course, the, uh, that processing orals in the body is a, is a harder hit on the liver. And so me wanting to go much over 50, 60 milligrams total is going to be unusual. I'm also, as I said just now, Steve, very familiar with my response, especially to, to Dyna Bowl. So I can't see that you know, if I get a great result from 30, 40, 50 milligrams of the single Dyna Bowl. Why would I then want to go much higher than that? If I'm using T-Bowl, and of course, if I'm using T-Bowl in, in conjunction with Dyna Bowls, like you said, Elon, it's the a synergy. I'm after an athletic response. I'm after some lean muscle gains and so on. I don't need to blow up. And so, guys, it's one of those things, again, there is there is an argument, as Steve said, especially on Cycle, to want in the gains. We, I, just this morning, Steve, I replied to a, a thread on an Evolutionary where the uh, member was looking at a £30 gain. And I said, that's just not going to happen. You look at one of five or 10 pounds gain, a cycle like this. I can see me keeping, especially if I adjust my diet and my training afterwards, a good six, seven pounds. Uh, and that's of lean muscle tissue. I can see, as you said already, and this is especially true, Steve. For me, my response, and I've told this story before, from a Friday to a Monday on genuine proper d versus the stuff that I'd been taking prior to those days, uh, which obviously wasn't dosed properly and it was two different sources at the time to be said was a four pound gain that's from friday to monday so i know how i respond i know what's going to happen and for me then if i know that i can get that and i think i was only using 30 40 milligrams of diner then, density then why would they want to go higher so for me i think the sweet spot here would be 30 milligrams of each even going down to as low as your 20 but certainly i can't see me needing to go up as high as 50 milligram of each uh It may be just how you and I respond versus other people. It may well be the fact that we've done other cycles in the past. So there's all those kind of things to weigh up. Guys, you don't always need to go higher and higher and higher every cycle, but sometimes you do need to tweak the dosages to find a sweet spot for you. So Steve and I know how our bodies respond. We know how we get on with certain particular drugs. So we know that we don't need, in our cases, in our example, to go as high as 50. It doesn't mean that you can't. But again, the caveat would be that the higher the dosages, the higher the response, but the higher the risk of side effects. Let's get into the side effects now, Steve. I mean, obviously, the greater of these two is going to be Dynabol. You go first.
1: Well, first of all, both of these are liver toxic and they're 17-alpha alkylated. So you want to be aware of that when you're taking them. So it's very important to use liver support. I, I strongly recommend TUDCA to be used with them. Um, tutka is the most modern and up-to-date supplement that we have noticed works. I mean, 20 years ago, everyone said, oh, I use milk thistle. And I'm not saying milk thistle isn't a good liver supplement, but Tutka is excellent. And it is, you know, basically going to help uh, with all your organs, not just your liver. So since these both are liver toxic, you want to take care of your liver. Obviously, you don't want to be drinking alcohol on cycle. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to tell this to people. Um, (laughs) If you drink alcohol, don't use steroids, you know, you're wasting your time and you're only going to beat down your liver. You're just going to make yourself tired the whole cycle. So, and that is one of the side effects that you could notice on the cycle is fatigue. When you, when you're running a cycle or in general, in life, if you feel fatigue and you don't have energy during the day, that's a red flag that you could have organ issues, whether it's the heart, the kidneys or the liver. So, if you have any of those issues it's good it's a good chance you have some type of strain going on with your organ so look anabolic steroids they all mess mess with your kidneys they mess with your heart and they mess with your liver even injectables but in this case these are 17 alpha alkylated they are going to be liver toxic so use the tutka use your liver support and then make sure you're eating good you're exercising correctly and you're sleeping good on the cycle, and that will mitigate the side effects that you experience. Now with the D-bol, depending on how much you use, the dibol could cause estrogenic side effects. So you want to watch out for that. But because the the short half- life of the d ball if you start noticing you're getting these types of estrogenic side effects, you just can, you can drop the dose down or just stop it entirely. and it will trickle out of your system pretty rapidly unlike using a long ester testosterone which will take weeks to be out of your system so lobster chime in a little bit on that too one of the things
0: i was just thinking about steve and this is probably true of all cycles but it's especially true of a cycle that includes d bowl in terms of weight gain steve so for example guys if you're going to get an athletic enhancement from the the tyrannibal and a watery gain obviously, hopefully, some of that would be muscular gain at the end of the cycle from the diner bowl, Steve. What happens is that you will train harder. You will lift more. And the gains themselves, and of course, as Steve said, the oral steroids, alkylated issue with regards to the liver, are all stressors. Now, something that people don't always pay attention to, Steve, and even with a 5 or 10 pound gain, you might notice this, especially the lighter guys, the effect on your sleep of a large gain whether that's muscle or water, it's quite, it's quite noticeable. And as Steve said, we, we talk about this so often on podcasts, on the forums, and so on and so forth. The importance of rest and recovery after training is incredibly important. So let's just, I mean, just for a second, I'll focus specifically on the dynabolt Steve. If I gained, as I said earlier on, 10 pounds on cycle on Dyna at 30, 40, 50 milligrams a day, that's a lot of weight to gain in fairly short order. And I'm training very hard. I'm getting stronger because of my Dynabolt. Never mind the performance enhancement with the T-bolt. Just on the Dynabolt. And people don't understand that gaining ten pounds in relatively short order, as Steve said, four or six weeks, and even a retention of six pounds afterwards, takes a little while of getting used to. So one of the issues can be disturbed sleep. And then, as Steve said already, if you are using oral steroids, you have that as you said, with all steroids, but specifically because of the alkalization of oral steroids, the it's another additional stress. So you have to take all of these things into consideration, and then you have to allow for more rest. You have to allow for more pre- more organ protection. You have to think about uh, perhaps, for example, guys, guys Steve, again, uh, upping a small amount of uh, the oil in your diet in terms of healthy oils. A mega fat yes is just to protect your joints and so on. Because again, we don't think of these things. We go, oh, I'm going to put on five or ten pounds on my press, but I'm not thinking about with my shoulders or my elbows are going to ache. I'm going to put on five or ten pounds of muscle on cycle, but I'm not thinking about the sleep uh, disturbance. And again, this a good example. Of this you can ask your partners, uh, listeners, would be when you gain weight on cycle, do you snore more? And snoring sometimes uh, is, isn't a big deal in and of itself. But well, it's when you stop snoring at three o'clock in the morning and the girlfriend or the partner starts, it's like doing that all night. You don't realize it. Perhaps you've given yourself a mild form of sleep apnea. So you have to think about these things. And these are all stress asleep. sleep. If you're not sleeping properly, even if you are sleeping for the night because of apnea, that's going to slow down your ability to, to do well in terms of your performance. And by performance, I mean in the gym, I mean in terms of your athletic performance and so on. These are all things that they very rarely get discussed. We all go, we want to be... Better in the gym, I want more muscle, I want to look amazing on the beach, but you're not necessarily thinking about some of these side effects that come, and again, I say specifically with t and it's another reason why uh, gurus and experts recommend T-Bolt, because you don't get as many of these side effects. But again, like Steve said, earlier, synergy, when we talk about any combination of steroid, we're looking for the yin and the yang. We're looking for a small effect of this and a small effect of thing, And the two things together, coming together, giving us exactly what you want. This was precisely why we both agree on fairly low dosages. We, I mean, again, I can't. if I did a, a low dose of either of those two, I think I'd probably be looking six to eight pounds on a set versus my d only cycle being 10. And again, that's my size. It might be five or six pounds for everybody else. And... How much muscle would I keep afterwards? It won't stand like a lot, but I know Steve agrees with me. If we said even if we walked away from this cycle with just a three-pound gain, at our level of experience, of the time that we've been training and with the advice that we've been given for a long time, people think three pounds isn't much. But if you do two, three cycles a year, that's three, six, and nine pounds. And it's lean tissue even the the ebo is going to give you some to issue just by virtue of you being able to train harder and of course the fascist tradition that's going to come from the pump that's why it's a lovely combination steve what do you think
1: so you'll notice i'm going to tell you you know what everyone wants to know you know what can i expect and it's good to set goals before a cycle so in this case when you're when you're on it like i said it's got you know these orals that have short half-lives you should feel within a few days Not only a strength increase in the gym, but you'll also feel, you know, your mood enhancement because T-ball doesn't hurt your mood and D-ball enhances your mood. You get that little effect of extra androgens and estrogen, right? In your body and your brain. And it's going to make you feel good. And I'm sure momster, you know what I'm talking about? Because you've used D-ball a lot. When you use D-ball, you feel good on it because high hormones, male hormones in the body combined with high estrogen in the body will give you a nice little sugar high and you'll feel great. You'll jump out of bed. Uh, Sorry about that. I dropped my microphone. I hope I hope that wasn't too loud, guys. Um, So anyway, you'll you'll jump out of bed and you'll be like, man, I want to hit the gym. You'll be so motivated to hit the gym. So this is one of the reasons why it's very important before you start the cycle. I ask all of you, to put in the hours in the gym first before you hit these steroids. And, you know, yes. I could easily be like most of these Jagoffs, you know, that you see um, doing these podcasts and on uh, social media who tell you just go run steroids because they want to make a sale. They want to make a sale. You know, they want to sell you their shitty supplements. They want to sell you. They want to make a commission off recommending, you know, their steroid sources and all this. I'm telling you guys, look, wait until you really put in your hours in the gym. This way, when you run this cycle, when you run these steroids, you can really feel the difference and you'll feel that, wow, I can do eight reps versus six reps. You'll know that within the first five days. You'll know that. But if you don't put in the hours first, you're not going to know any difference. We see so many guys, they run steroids and they're like, I'm disappointed with my results. And it's like, look, did you have results before you ran steroids? They're like, no. Well, that's probably why you're disappointed. Yeah. Because if you put in the hours first, once you hit that plateau, it's easy for you to bust through it on, the, on the steroids. And then you'll be like, wow, I'm really taking my fitness to the next level. So, yeah, I mean, Lobster, give us your thoughts on that, the effects I of using with steroids.
0: Yeah. I, I agree a thousand percent, Steve. And I've said this multiple times uh, uh, off air and on air and many times on the forums, as you know. Uh, so, for example, I say people say, oh, I did such and such a combination of drugs and I didn't gain any strength. I say, okay, what was your strength program? As a good example, just yesterday we had a, a question come up about a, a guy that wants to bench free plates. I believe he's at 280 pounds and he says, and I cannot bench anymore. Now, if he's got to 280 pounds, he's not that far away from three plates. I would question how long he's been training, what his diet's like, uh, what his training program is to, to add weight to the bone and so on. Because in the past, I've seen... And again, guys, there's no excuse. You've got information from podcasts just like this. In the past, I've seen guys that go to the gym and they expect the weight to be added to the bathroom, regardless of the exercise, just because they go to the gym. Well, on that basis, just because I go to the supermarket, I expect free chicken. That's not going to happen. You've got to go, right, what's my plan? If it's go to the gym and I've not done drugs and I do this cycle... Well, then you'll gain something on cycle, but what have you what have you changed? You should get a little bit stronger. Your performance on T-bowl especially, should be that little bit better in terms of your athletic performance. Your strength and your size should go up on the D-ball. But you should also have a name. So for example, and I I'll, I'll give you a very quick tip here, guys. With with the possible exception of my very first Dynaball cycle, which was my first cycle ever, age 37. That was literally for me to see how I responded to, to steroids, to see whether or not they were going to make me angry, void rage, blah, 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 all the usual stuff. I didn't know any better. Uh, it was very much an experiment. Pretty much every other cycle has been associated with a specific target. That would be more likely now as I compete less, or certainly when I competed with the idea of making me stronger for a competition. And what I would do then, guys, is I wouldn't just necessarily train a strength cycle and a steroid cycle at the same time the the strength cycle will start first and it's typically we're looking at 16 weeks out for a competition so 16 weeks eight weeks would be without any performance enhancement and then with eight weeks to go and the last dose pretty much on the last day or even the day before steve i would aim to get as strong as i possibly could so that the very last day, the, the either the last day or literally the day of the competition, I'm as strong as I possibly can be at that time. Now, guys, if your aim is to have a six-pack or if your aim is to put an inch on in your arms, it should be exactly the same pr- approach. The only caveat, as I've mentioned occasionally on the forum, is that if you want to keep the muscle, you need to make changes after the cycle too. It, people sometimes have this thing, and I think sometimes it, it's made worse because that's kind of how it works the first and second time that you go on cycle, but it doesn't work like that all the time. And what I mean by that is that the first and second cycle, your body's never had that level of testosterone, you've never trained that well before, and lo and behold, you do your first cycle and you blow up, and without almost any changes at all, if any, Steve, you kind of keep muscle just because. But unfortunately, the long-term plan, and the guys who do need to think in the long term, That doesn't happen. So, again, with this cycle, I would probably see me, like I said earlier, let's imagine I was a new trainer or relatively new. This was my second or my third cycle. I could see me with my structure and training the way that I do, gaining eight pounds. But what I would need to do, Steve, would tweak my training afterwards. So what I call it as a new baseline. In other words, if, for example, I wanted to bench press three plates like that member, I would train specifically with the idea of the sets and reps rather than single doubles and triples. Uh, A simple one would be a 5v5 program, done for the same six weeks of the cycle, but perhaps six weeks running up to that cycle, and I would be looking to add five or ten pounds to the bar. Now, after the cycle, I would look into my my new off-cycle PB to be at least five pounds more than before. So, as Steve said, that is planning to get stronger. It's the same way if you're adding muscle. It's the same way if you're getting leaner, and you need to have these... Kind of precepts in place, a plan in place for any of the things that you're trying to do, whether it's stronger, leaner, or more muscular. And that applies on cycle as well as off. You don't automatically keep the gains just because you was on a cycle. And this is, it's not a, a crazy cycle, it's not a mild cycle, certainly not the dosages that Steve and I are talking about. But again, if this was your second or third cycle and you gained as much as I think I would, I would want you to try and keep at least four pounds of new muscular tissue and that might require a very small increment in your dietary habits it might have a new baseline for your strength to come from Uh, same thing in regards to perhaps a lowering of your body fat if that was your aim for another cycle and so on and so forth it's one of the things that steve and i talk about it's one of we're very familiar with it and of course this is why we give advice and, and we're quite good at coaching people in that particular regards because i think it's not something that people kind of Hook into too much, Steve. And even, for example, the neither one of us like running these cycles for long length of, lengths of time. Uh, Dylan Gamilly would say four weeks. Steve and I, four weeks is a little bit too short, although at my time of life now, Steve, and again, with my ability to know how to train, I might run four-week cycles. But for me, I've always preferred eight weeks. I can see that the sweet spot here for most people is going to be six weeks. But it's again, guys, it's not just I'm going to take drugs and get bigger, more muscular, going to get leaner. You should have things in place before, and you should then tweak those same things after. Make the changes to keep the gains, to keep the fat off, to, to keep some of that strength that you gained on cycle. And as again, think about the T again and the way that we talked about it earlier on. It was specifically done for performance enhancement. And of course, they want to be as fast or as powerful. Or, or whatever, has left it as I possibly can for for the for I think the Olympics is what four days. They that's they want to to be qualify and they want to do qualifying throws or to qualifying tosses, and then when the world record needed, when they need to get the gold medal, they want to be able to put their performance on time. But it's still a relatively short period of time. Afterwards, they ease off. They take some time off from the Olympics. They get fated, They get you know driven around in a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce and taken to see the prime minister and whatever the countries that they're in. So that, again, for those guys would be changing stuff. And they're being coached with the idea of peaking at certain particular times. But it's not the same level every single year. It should be a slightly increased level a year because that's what the coaches are planning for. That's what the athletes are planning for. And that's
1: what you guys should plan for. Steve. Sums it up. Uh, great advice on this one. We'll always try to give you guys some good advice yes. toward the end of these podcasts for sure so great show and you know we will talk to you guys on the next episode this was io number 17 take care please note we are not doctors
0: and the opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone it is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic the podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only uh, the freedom of speech and the first amendment applies